Hi, I'm Dr. Anushka Marotra, an NHS GP and mum of two. I'm passionate about lifestyle medicine and supporting people to achieve health and happiness. After having my own children, I went through many changes myself. This made me acutely aware of the needs of new parents. In my experience as a doctor, I've noticed that new parents find it difficult to get the support they need and access trusted information. I started the Postnatal Health Podcast to discuss how to be healthy when you have kids and to share this information with as many families as possible. In this episode, I'll be talking to Neve Burns, a women's health physio. We'll cover pelvic floor, the split in your abdominal muscles, returning to exercise after having a baby and uterine prolapse. There's more information and links relating to everything we talked about in the episode bio. So, if we begin, and um, first of all, just to start, Neve, I, I wanted to mm-hmm. thank you for coming on the podcast today. Um, and it would be great if you could introduce yourself to our listeners, just so that um, we know a little bit more about you and what you do. Sure. Thanks so much for having me on. Um, my name is Neve um, Byrne. I'm a women's health physiotherapist um, and I work at um, a couple of clinics over throughout London, uh, Fix London, they're based in East London in Hackney and East Village and I also work in Crouch End which is where I live too. Um, so yeah I've been a physio f- since about 2003 but um developed a special interest in women's health over the last 10 years um i also have three kids myself so i have um experienced a lot of the things that we're going to be chatting about today um have first-hand experience of it um yeah so i really i see a lot of pre and postnatal women um i just enjoy supporting them along that journey so in in pregnancy i'll see them for things like pelvic pain and pelvic floor education prior to um labor and then afterwards um i'll see them for a postnatal check usually around 6 to 8 weeks or or any time from then really even if the kids are in school it's still yeah. It's still fine to do a postnatal check. Um, and then from there, look after conditions like um, pelvic floor dysfunction and prolapse um, and diastasis. And a lot of it is um, about getting back to exercise as well after having a baby, um, giving some women some guidance and, and help to get back to the things that they want to get back to after having a baby. Um, yeah, so that's that's thank me. Really, yeah, thank you so much. I'm I'm really looking forward to having a chat today about some of these things that you've mentioned, um, and I think it follows on from the mm. last episode where we were talking about the six to eight week check with the GP, um, and I know that you and me, Neve, have talked a little bit about um, the uh, postnatal checks for, for done by physio. So I'm really mm. looking forward to hearing a little bit more about some of those things. Uh, so thank you. Um, I think you kind of have touched on some of them already, but it'd be really helpful to think about from your point of view as a physio, um, what you think the most common issues are for women presenting after they've had a baby. I think the most common things, well, I think, especially if it's their first baby, they'll be, they'll be wondering about these symptoms that they might be having because it's, 
they're not sure if these symptoms are normal or not. Mm-hmm. So they might be having some pelvic floor symptoms like leaking or, or heaviness um, in their pelvic floor and, and, and not quite sure what's going on or they'll have a, an abdominal gap and, and they're not sure how to recover from that and if that's normal for where they're at postnatally. And a lot of the women will Google these yeah. things and then come come across the worst case scenarios and they'll often be quite worried and, and, and anxious when, when they come along. So a lot of the job is reassurance and, you know, educating them around these these conditions and, and what telling them what is normal and what's not normal and how to manage them to get back to normal. So um yeah and, and, and with C section as well it'll be you know they they'll they'll be coming about their scar, you know, how is my scar okay and, and when can I get back to exercise? When can I get back running? Um they would be the main the main things that women pop in for and and, and like reassurance about. Yeah, I, I, I'm I glad you mentioned that because I definitely find in the six to eight week GP check that um, a lot of women ask about going back to exercise um, and about the the gap mm. in the abdominal muscles. Um, but not a lot of women ask about yeah. the pelvic floor. And at that point, yeah. And I was wondering really? for our listeners, if you could explain a little bit what is the pelvic floor and why is it that we're so obsessed with the hips? Well, I guess it's it's an important group of muscles, right? I mean, the role of the pelvic floor is to A, keep us continent, uh, B, support our pelvic organs like our bladder, rectum and uterus, and C, it has a sexual function as well. So I personally think there are three quite important jobs and, and they can really affect our quality of life. Um, if those things, if there is a pelvic floor issue and th- and we are being bothered by those things. Um, so, so that's why I'm quite obsessed by the pelvic floor myself. Uh, <laughs> so, um, but your question is when, 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 when women come, why are they, ups- why are they asking about the pelvic floor or why are they interested? Uh, more in the, the other way around. Floor? I think as health professionals, we're very interested in the, in the pelvic floor, but I find that early on after yeah. someone's had a baby, they may not be thinking about that. Uh, let alone really fully understand what we're talking about when we say what the pelvic floor is or why there are so many yeah. issues with the pelvic floor after you've had a baby. So I guess it, it depends on the delivery type. So if they've had a vaginal delivery, um, potentially there's been a perineal tear or an episiotomy yeah. scar. And I don't think there's a lot of chat about that and how to manage how to manage your perineal yeah. scar in those early days and you know how to look out for infection and uh, how to keep your your scar clean and how to know whether it's healing properly um so they'll be they'll be concerned about their their perineal scar and then you know so they'll have the lochia they'll have bleeding in the first 6 6 4 to 6 weeks and and that's fine and and there'll be swelling down there, so they'll have some swelling in 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 the pelvic floor and the and the vagina, um. But after six weeks, you know, th- those kind of things should have settled, mm. and 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 by six weeks, you you don't want to be experiencing heaviness in the pelvic floor or vagina, 
um, and you don't want to be having um, any pain down there at that stage and you don't want to be um, having any leaking so you want to have good bladder and bowel control by then as well and if you're not then then I think it's always a good idea to go and, and get some help for those things and have have a further check. I think the six to eight week GP check can can vary. Some women can feel a little bit let down by the mm. by that check because I think a lot of emphasis is on the baby yeah. and checking the baby. Um, and I think sometimes it's a bit of a tick the box scenario for the woman and they'll ask, okay, are you depressed? No, that's fine. And is feeding going okay? But often there isn't a hands-on check and um, it, their pelvic floor won't be won't be checked and, and they won't be screened for things like prolapse um, and they won't be screened to see if they're doing a pelvic floor contraction correctly. So I think that's kind of where the mummy MOT check came about as well, which is a, a postnatal check that women's health physios have been doing for years. Um, but the, the, the mummy MOT is, I suppose, it brought it more into... Um, uh, into the the media and more coverage about how important it is to have a check with a physio after you've had a baby. So with the with a C-section, so that's after a vaginal delivery and pelvic floor things. After a C-section, um, you're quite right. They probably won't mention their pelvic floor in that first check, and they come to see you. It's usually a little bit later down the line. So when they start getting back to sexual intercourse and then they're realizing it feels quite uncomfortable mm. or, you know, maybe they're starting to use a tampon or something like that again. And then they'll realize maybe actually this doesn't feel quite comfortable. Um, so I'll often see women post C-section who um, experience painful sex. Um, and then it's, um, then it's a, a different scenario where the pelvic floor has become too tight so you educating them around pelvic floor relaxation, maybe getting them to do perineal stretching, and then that usually sorts the problem out quite quickly. But it is important to say that painful sex is very common after having a baby, after C-section or vaginal delivery. And that's something else that a women's health physio can help you or to go and see your GP and get referred. Yeah. Because there's that's lots really of things helpful. you can do to manage that. That's mm. really helpful. A couple of things I wanted to pick up on from what you said. Um, so does it make a difference whether you've had a vaginal delivery or a C-section to your um, pelvic floor muscles? So I think the uh, a pregnancy in itself will have an effect on your pelvic floor muscles. So um, the pelvic floor muscles are still going to have some, some strain during the pregnancy. You may be having some bladder or bowel issues during the pregnancy, which are going to affect your pelvic floor, you know, like constipation, that kind of thing. Um, and then what I've seen commonly in clinic as well, that the pelvic floor muscles will be a little bit tight after a C-section. I don't know why. I don't have any research. I haven't found any research to say why that might be. I think it's a little bit, my theory on it is that when a woman's recovering from a C-section, it's kind of that they're protecting their scar and and guarding their abdominals, guarding their pelvic floor, and things just get a little bit shortened. Mm. And then that'll be fine. But then when they go, when they try sexual intercourse again, they're like, oh, actually, this is quite uncomfortable. Yeah. Um. So... 
Yeah, there, so C-section can affect your pelvic yeah. floor. And um, I'll always do a vaginal examination with with a woman who's had a C-section as well. And just to check they they know how to engage their pelvic floor, they know yeah. how to relax their pelvic floor. Yeah. I'll always just check for that as well. That's really helpful because I, I do feel like it's a quite a common misconception that after you've had a C-section... You may not need to do pelvic floor exercises or you may you know may not have the same kind of issues so it's really useful for you to explain that um i was yeah. wondering if you could just and pelvic floor exercises yeah. might not be the prescription for everybody you know if it is a little bit tight then actually it's going to be the opposite it's going to be more about pelvic floor relaxation yeah. and breathing and stretching yeah I'd definitely like to hear a little bit more about both pelvic floor exercises and relaxation and any tips you might have. But just before we talk about mm-hmm. that, something that really only came across my radar quite recently was um, something you mentioned about kind of advice being given about um, perineal scars, cesarean scars and massage. I was wondering if you could tell us a little yeah. bit more about your thoughts on massage of the scar. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Again, because it's, it's, it's not that chatted about. You might not have heard about it when, when you were pregnant or you might not have heard about it in the hospital. So, yeah, I think I think with any scar, it's it's quite um, quite common to just leave it alone and forget about it, which is which is, you know, which is fine in the early weeks. We, we let things heal. But then after a while, I think you start, you need to start reintroducing yourself to that scar because it can be, feel like a bit of a foreign zone. It can kind of feel like it's not part of you. So I always, you know, for, from, from early days, I think it's just nice to reconnect to that area and place your hand on your scar and just breathe and, and, and reintroduce it to the whole of your body. And then when the when when the scar has healed so it takes 12 weeks for scar tissue to um to completely heal mm-hmm. um so though with a c-section you're not quite sure it might look heal, healed on the top of the scar but you're not quite sure how those deeper layers will be at but by 12 weeks it's it's safe to say that if the scar feels okay then then those deeper layers will have healed so at that stage, you can really start to, um, you know, sink your fingers into the scar, start smooshing it around and um, trying to to make that tissue as a as a mobile again as you can. Now, with perineal scars or episiotomy scars, again, they're easier to ignore because you can't see them yeah. so easily. Um, and a lot of women will just don't want to go there and they, they'll just, you know, yeah. I don't want to look at it. I don't want to touch it. And, and, you know, and there is a barrier to get over with that. So again, I'll just ask them to just start simple, you know, after six weeks, maybe just when you're in the shower, just start touching the scar, just rest your finger on it, press on it gently. And then that's enough to do, you know, for, yeah. for a few days, you can just do that every time you're in the shower. And then when, when that becomes easier, they're acclimatized to yeah. that, then you'd say, okay, you can start to get the oil out and, you know, really start to work into that scar a little bit more. And maybe you start rolling it between your finger and your thumb. So you'd have your finger inside the vagina, the thumb on the outside, and just rolling the scar between your finger because it helps to restore that elasticity. Yeah. It helps to smooth the scar out. 
So when it comes to full pelvic floor function, you know, if, if there's the, le- the, the better the scar tissue is, the better the function of the muscle is going to be. So, uh, and, and when you get back to sex again, it's going to be more comfortable yeah. because you've worked on that scar, you've become acclimatized to it and it's not so scary. Yeah. Thanks. That's really helpful. Yeah. So if women have not used all of their um, perineal massage oils from before they had the baby, uh, they can yeah. keep it and don't discard it or mm. give it away because you can keep using it afterwards. Exactly. Yeah. And if you don't have a special oil, I say anything from the kitchen cupboard. Yeah. So some coconut oil or, or rapeseed or olive oil um, is absolutely fine and it's natural. Nothing with, with fragrance yeah. in it because um, that might irritate the scar. Great. Thank you. Thanks. That's really yeah. helpful. Um, and then, yes, we were going to talk a little bit more about um, pelvic floor exercises and potentially relaxation as well. Yeah. Yeah, that's a that's a big one because it's it's that you can't see your pelvic floor muscles. They're they're an inter they're internal inside your pelvis. So there's always a bit of an enigma yeah. around them as in am I actually doing doing this properly yeah. or not? And and a lot of women won't be doing it properly. Um, you know, that's what studies have shown. So um there's there's a few different ways you, you can go about it. You could either uh, you know, place your finger on your perineum or on the vagina and then do a pelvic floor contraction and you should feel a lift. So the, the pelvic floor goes from your tailbone to your pubic bone. So you should feel or see a lift in that area. Um, and then just tune into if you're cheating. So um, some people will be gripping their abdominals or gripping their glutes or their inner thighs and and drowning out the the pelvic floor. So do make sure everything else is relaxed and you're trying to isolate um, the pelvic floor. There's three holes in the pelvic floor, our back passage, our vagina, and our urethra. So they're the areas you're focusing on, you know, as if you want to stop yourself breaking wind, as if you want to stop stop your urine flow. That's the kind of that's what you're thinking about as you connect and gather those openings up and then um and then let them go you could also get a mirror and have a look down there and and see can you see that lift um or there's something that you can buy called an educator you can buy them on amazon it's basically a a a probe with a stick Mm -hmm. and as you do you insert the probe into the vagina and then as you do a pelvic floor contraction contraction the stick goes down, you can see the stick go down, and then as you relax, you can see yeah. the stick come up. So you've got that kind of basic visual yeah. feedback on if you're doing it properly. Yeah. But yeah, the other the other side of it is relaxation, because I think there's a lot of kind of, oh my gosh, I've got to strengthen my pelvic floor, I've got to grip it, I've got to squeeze it, I've got to lift it, and we forget actually sometimes we have to relax it as well. Like any muscle, it's not meant to be, you know, gripped the whole time. We don't go around with our biceps yeah. gripped all day. <laughs> you know, so why would we do that with our pelvic yeah. floor? Why would we be trying to grip our pelvic floor as we're out walking? You know, it's 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 not able to respond properly if we're gripping yeah. and holding on to it. So relaxation is important too. So the the best way to relax your pelvic floor is to is to use your breath because your diaphragm and your pelvic floor 
respond with each other they're best buddies so if you're breathing nicely into your ribs into your belly then your pelvic floor is going to respond to that because the pelvic floor is like the base of our core system the diaphragm is our roof of our core system so if we're breathing nicely into our belly then that pelvic floor is going to be responding and relaxing with the breath. Yeah. So check your belly is moving when you're breathing and you can be fairly sure your pelvic floor is going to be relaxing as well. Or you can sit on um, like a small Pilates ball or you could, uh, you know, and imagine that sinking into your pelvic floor. Yeah. Or there's some really nice yo- yoga positions like child pose yeah. stretch where you kind of kneel and and um sit back on your heels and yeah. stretch your arms out in front of you you know that one i definitely did that, that when i was pregnant stretch yeah. helps to open our pelvis great yeah you know a lot of the pregnancy yoga things like cat cow yeah. and child pose are great for pelvic floor relaxation as well yeah. afterwards that's something that some a yoga teacher did tell me yeah that the relaxing side is often what people practice on when they're pregnant because they're thinking about relaxing the muscles to get the baby out and yes. then the contracting side seems to be what people are focusing on afterwards but it sounds like and please correct exactly. me if I'm wrong that when you're doing pelvic floor exercises you need to be thinking about both the contracting and the relaxing for it to be effective exactly yeah so making sure that you are relaxing it properly in between each lift yeah and then even afterwards you know, trying to do a few deep belly breaths and make sure that you're relaxing it after you've done some pelvic floor exercises as well. And I mean, if you know, don't beat yourself up if you you haven't managed to do pelvic floor exercises that day. You can incorporate it into your life in other ways as well. So you know, every time you lift the baby, you can try to exhale and lift your pelvic floor at the same time. You know, if you, every time you need to get that car seat into the car, you can exhale and gather your pelvic floor up when you do that too. Yeah which is actually a really nice functional thing to do anyway because lifting your pelvic floor helps to support your pelvic organs as you go to do that heavy lift. So, um, yeah, don't just think of it as this separate thing you have yeah. to do. Um, you, can, you can incorporate it into your workout um, and, and your everyday lifting as well. And it just it becomes a habit. I then. often recommend um, to my patients the Squeezy app yeah so that's a that's an easy one to um also incorporate into your into your life because it sends you notifications and you know reminders to do them and it also has a dial uh, that shows you when to engage and when to relax so it ticks ticks both boxes as well and i think so different people also find different ways of doing it and whatever works for you as an individual is fine isn't it it's just, these are all just different yeah. tips and methods that yeah. people find helpful but as long as you know it's something that that is not you know some people find an app easy to use some people find like you say doing it functionally or some people find having a certain time of day they do it helpful like any kind of behavior change really yeah yeah exactly or whilst you're feeding yeah. a baby or something yeah, like that exactly. That tends to be a yeah. common one. Um, and something else I I get asked about a lot is, and um, that you mentioned before, um, is the split in the abdominal muscles or the diastasis recti. Yeah. Um, uh, would you, yeah, would you be able to tell us a little bit more about about that and and how 
people know whether they've got that or if it's a problem or not and what to do about it uh yeah and i i think it's 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 a relatively new one um diastasis and um there there's been a flurry of of research over the last couple of years about it which is nice as well so um i think the main thing to say about the gap is that we're supposed to have a gap so we're not trying to close the gap after pregnancy it's it's normal to have a small gap between our recti muscles or our six pack mm-hmm. muscles of about you know one or two fingers and then as the pregnancy progresses that gap widens so actually it's it would be ideal if you could measure your gap yeah. pre-pregnancy so you kind of know what your baseline is and if you're not sure how to measure your gap you know you could just you can just go on to to youtube how to measure my abdominal gap and you'll you'll see lots of videos there about how mm-hmm. to do it um so yeah, ideally, it'd be great to have your baseline to know what you started out as. But I can tell you that it won't be yeah. zero. Oh, I didn't know you know, that. You That's will really be able to. Yeah, helpful. Yeah, and I think there is a lot of misconception that oh, I'm trying to close my gap after having a baby. But um, like I said, it's it's normal to have a gap there. I think we just need it for for some give in our abdominal wall, yeah. you know, if we're feeling bloated or if the pressure is a bit high, it's... It's nice to have that connective tissue gap between the two muscles. So um, 100% of gaps will widen during pregnancy. That's also very normal. And then after pregnancy, we're hoping that it will come back to more or less where it was before. So that's why it's nice to have yeah. a baseline. So um, so a normal gap is, you know, being able to fit up to even three fingers in there is, is, is considered normal. There's a study where they, where they looked at people who've never had a baby and the normal variations of their gap was between zero and three fingers. So I um, yeah. don't panic if you can fit a couple of fingers yeah. in there. <laughs> the, the, the more important telltale sign is the depth of the gap. So... As you're checking your gap, you should feel like there's a little bit of resistance there that you can't just sink into yeah. the abdomen. You know that you're getting a little little bit of um, ping off the off the gap because that tells us what the integrity of the connective tissue is like. So some people will inherit connective tissue that stretches really well and recovers and pings back and responds, and some people will inherit connective tissue that doesn't respond so well to stretch and it'll feel a little bit crinkly and they'll be able to sink their fingers quite deeply into their gap. So that would be known as a diastasis. And with a diastasis, our aim is to load that connective tissue. So to, to, um, you know, add resistance and strength to that connective tissue. So it does become a better bridge. But doing that in in the correct way, you know, so loading that fascia, that connective tissue, but not um not doming too much whilst you do that. So doming is when that connective tissue gap kind of pops out, a bit like alien yeah. or a bit like a bread loaf when you look down. You're trying to um trying not to avoid that scenario and and load it so you feel like there's tension on it, but it's um it's it's strong and it's and it's relatively flat um, and then it can actually take um, two to three years for connective tissue to remodel so it, so it is a long-term goal it's not something that's going to strengthen in six weeks 
um, it, it is something that will improve over time. Um, so I would say again, if if you suspect your connective tissue hasn't pinged back and you can sink quite deeply into that gap, then um, pop and see a, a women's health physio so they can give you some guidance on how to strengthen your gap. So are there any risks um, if you have got a, a what very wide gap or a very deep gap um, with kind of over-exercising or doing any particular moves that could be risky? Well, they, there, there have been a few studies um, where it talks about the correlation of back pain and um, pelvic floor dysfunction, um, like leaking, and it seems, it seems to be a correlation with that. So, so when you think about it, your abdomen is part of your core system. So if, if, like I said earlier, your diaphragm, your pelvic floor and your abdomen are part of the same system, the core system. So if one part of that system isn't working efficiently, there can be a knock-on effect to another part of the system, like the pelvic floor. Yeah, so I think ex- approaching exercise in the right way, so trying to, to strengthen things gradually and, and using the right exercises to load that connective tissue. Okay, that's, yeah, that's useful. But, but I think try not to panic about yeah. it as well, you know, <laughs> try not to worry because when you think about what a pregnancy does to that connective tissue, you know, that stretch from a bump is the, you know, is the ultimate stretch it's going to get. An exercise afterwards is is not going to achieve that same kind of strain that a pregnancy yeah. has. So you know, don't be afraid to to get on to do things that you enjoy and and that 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 give you in, that endorphins. But do seek some help um, if you can, just to make sure you're on the right track. I think that's really helpful because I think yeah, just talking to other mums, a lot of people do get quite worried about you know what is it and what could happen if I. Um, over over uh, exercise or put strain on that area so that's really reassuring Neve, hearing what you said there um, and it also brings us into mm. another kind of common question which is when can you exercise after you've had a baby yeah that's that's one um i see a, see a lot um and it's it's great because again there's been more research about that recently and and we have some guidelines um that we can work from as well the getting back to exercise guidelines were were put together by um three physios and and they're available for all health professionals to use um maybe we can put Absolutely, a link yeah. to them um, below the podcast if people want to check it out but they're they're really helpful because they've looked at all of the research around what a pregnancy involves and a vaginal delivery involves or a c-section involves and they um more or less say you need that recovery time you need four to six months um for your body to recover before introducing high impact exercise such as running or hit yeah. and that kind of thing um but in that in the meantime you can get started with a lower impact exercises so they've got a really nice infographic in in those guidelines and they show you you know from the zero to six weeks from six to 12 weeks etc they show you what kind of exercises are suitable to do um during those stages of postnatal you know things like cycling or cross trainer or 
yoga, Pilates, um, you kind of be thinking about introducing low impact first, maybe putting some focus on your pelvic floor as well. And then if by four to six months um, you're, you're feeling stronger and they do have a list of physical criteria, like can you do 10 single leg squats? Can you do 10 heel raises? And if you can tick off those boxes and you can do those reps, then you've got a good idea that your body is in a is in a more ready state to reintroduce yeah. impact. Um, also, the ideal scenario is that you're not leaking, you're not um, having any pelvic floor issues like leaking, like heaviness in the vagina, any bladder or bowel issues, and and not having any pain. Um, so if those things are okay, you can meet the criteria. You're four to six months after having a baby then you can think about starting to reintroduce those higher impact things like running yeah. safely after having That's really interesting because um, I think a lot of people look at the GP six to eight week check as the point when they'll be signed off to be able to do exercise. Um, uh-huh. yeah, Which is crazy, right? I find that right? really difficult. I've, I have a lot of difficult conversations with people, part, you know, partly saying, um, yeah, I, you know, I can give some indication at that point, but it, it's not, it's very early um and 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 honestly i don't feel like as a gp we have enough time to fully assess all the aspects that we need to to be able to say that to someone um so yeah i'd be really interested to hear what you think about that that common um idea yeah about you know i think this six to eight week milestone i mean there's there's nothing to back that up. I don't even know where it, where it came about that, yes, you've had your six-week check, you're you're good to go and start running. It just, you know, it doesn't make any sense. It's 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 very early days in terms of yeah. recovery. You're, you're, you're just getting, you know, things established. Um, and um, again, that all of that connective tissue that was stretched, you know, maybe you've had some perineal, some pelvic floor, um, dysfunction so maybe you've had a scar or 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 you know you're recovering from a c-section it just doesn't make sense to reintroduce impact like running at six six to eight weeks even though your brain might be telling you it's fine um because that can go a bit haywire sometimes after having a baby's well you're like yeah i'm fine i'm you know i'm gonna get my trainers on and just go for a run but actually physically you know, at that stage, at six weeks, it's it's not enough time for that yeah. connective tissue to, to remodel. And, and that's healed. where some of the issues can come about later on that may not even present straight away if someone does start doing that. Like you mm. mentioned about, um, yeah. you know, incontinence issues, prolapse issues and joint issues as well. Um, yeah. So don't just, you know wear a pad and and go running because that's not normal if you are leaking or if you're feeling heaviness in the vagina or pain anywhere there are signs that your your body isn't coping with the demand of of what you're doing and you need to come back step back a little bit and maybe work a bit more on the strength side of things and then maybe slowly reintroduce it again a bit later on yeah definitely thank you that's really helpful I mean, ideally, if you've had a, a pelvic floor check, yeah. um, you know, that, that always helps as well because you've got to be a mm. bit of reassurance that everything's okay. You can be down a bit more confident to cope with the run. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, and again, that kind of leads me into thinking about some of these long term 
issues that can come about. And something that I did want to touch on, if that's okay, was a little bit on prolapse. Uh, yeah. Um, uh, yeah. You know, I see women with prolapses much, much further on, much after they've had a baby. Um, sometimes months to, okay. to years sometimes after they've had a baby. I mean, sometimes women can present with prolapses um, to us 30, 40 years after they've had their children. Um, but, yeah, it'd be interesting to hear yeah. from your point of view how... I, Maybe at the menopause yeah, exactly. stage. How, yeah. to, how, you know, how worried a woman should be after they've had a baby and, and what they can do to prevent it, I suppose. Or, or just, you know, how nice would it be to screen every woman for prolapse, uh, you know, at a postnatal mm. check, you know, six or eight weeks after they've had a baby so that you can advise them around how to manage it and look after it so it doesn't yeah. become a major issue um, down the line. I mean, that was the ideal yeah. scenario. Yeah. But uh, yeah, so for, for people who don't, who haven't heard of pelvic organ prolapse, um, it, it, or POP for short, um, it, it's when the one of the pelvic organs, so either the bladder, the rectum or the uterus, um, sinks a little bit lower um, than usual in the pelvis. So they'll be sitting a little bit lower in the pelvis. And many women won't, might not realise um, that that's the case, but some women will experience symptoms that are associated with that, like... Um, the heaviness, so feeling like there's a heavy, draggy feeling in the vagina, you know, feeling there's a bulge in there or like a tampon feeling in there, or maybe you're having trouble emptying your bladder. So you go for a wee, you sit down, have your wee, then you leave. And then you're 10 minutes later, you're like, mm, actually, I could go again. And I feel like I go, go again because it hasn't emptied properly that that time because it's sitting a little bit lower in your pelvis or some women if it's if the prolapse is a little bit more around the back where the rectum is if that's sinking a little bit lower they'll have difficulty with bowel motions so they'll have difficulty emptying their bowels properly or feeling like they need to kind of lift you know push in their vagina to empty their bowels um so they're the kind of main symptoms associated with a, with a with a prolapse and why does it happen i guess this again it's it's a bit of a genetics thing as well it's it's because the organs are held up by connective tissue so they're supported by connective tissue and again some people's connective tissue will recover really nicely after pregnancy or some people's connective tissue will be a little bit stretched out so therefore the organs can sink a little bit lower does that make yeah, sense yeah, that's, is that... that's explained well yeah 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 so it's it's a it's an issue from above the organs but it's also it can be that the pelvic floor that helps to support the organs from below isn't working efficiently e either and that um the the organs are allowed to yeah. sink a little bit lower towards the and vagina and that's where the, the pelvic yeah. floor so that's exercises come in don't they yeah, so the, the idea around the pelvic floor exercises is to strengthen that sling underneath them that's helping to support them and to close the vagina yeah. a little bit so it's it's not a such a big space that those organs can yeah. fall into. But I think it's important to think about what's going on above the organs as well. So how do I reduce pressure down on my organs? And, and the main things for that are to not yeah. get constipated. 
So I, if any pregnant women I, I see in clinic, I'll talk to them about avoiding mm. constipation because it's a it's a big thing in pregnancy and it's a big thing after yeah. having a baby. It'll often have constipation. So I think trying to minimize constipation with all the usual things like drinking enough water and having a varied diet and and chewing your food properly so it gets lubricated managing constipation in those ways can reduce a lot of strain yeah. and pushing which will which can make pelvic organ prolapse yeah. worse yeah. i think lifting when you're lifting trying to kind of think about pressure as well so you know if we go to lift the baby or something heavy and we kind of hold our breath and we go yeah. and we lift we strain and lift again over time that can be adding a strain on our pelvic organs so I always tell women to exhale on the effort so if they need to lift the baby try to exhale and maybe for bonus points engage your pelvic floor as well and therefore you're helping to kind of support underneath and reducing the pressure above which might be making prolapse symptoms feel worse so prolapse will always it will be there and then like you say it might they might not have symptoms but when it comes to those hormonal changes associated yeah. with menopause uh, like the, the the estrogen um getting lower they'll be kind of feeling those symptoms a little bit more and that's when they they they'll often yeah, seek help yeah, absolutely no that's a that's a um yeah. a different way than i've looked at it before thinking about prolapse of uh, what's happening above and what's happening below and i think that's that's really helpful thinking about it in a in a slightly different way than yeah. the the traditional medical way definitely um and there's another thing called yeah. pessaries which can help support pelvic organ prolapse as well so a pessary is something you uh, put inside the vagina that helps to prop things up and helps the connective tissue recover um so you know you do do go and get it checked and your um, gynecologist or some physios uh, like myself will be able to see if you're suitable for a pessary and teach you how to use a pessary. Maybe you might just pop it in for exercise. So maybe you have a mild prolapse, you want to go running, you could just show you how to use a pessary to pop it in like a sports bra for your vagina, I call it. And then when you come home from your run, you can take it out and, uh, and use it next yeah. time. So I think I think pessaries can be super useful when it comes to pelvic organ prolapse management. Yeah. I think the, the the for me the point is to for women not to be shy or scared to ask for help with these things and if you're not sure is absolutely to to see your GP to go and see a physio um and they can assess you and and take it from there and like you say yeah. then if there's um if there is a prolapse then seeing a physio seeing a gynecologist and talking through all the options that you have um no no one's embarrassed about it professionally it's just something that it's better to take care of and know how to uh, no. look after yourself exactly yeah. Yeah, yeah, and I think that's why it's so so useful to do a vaginal examination and screen for it after having a baby. So you can get in there early yeah. with the management techniques um, so it, it yeah. doesn't become an issue later and on. And is that something that you do in the mummy MOT? Yeah, so we'll, we'll, we'll screen for prolapse. So in other words, we'll look in the vagina, see if there's any bulge in there. We'll, we'll check it in lying. We'll check you in standing. So the woman will be standing and I'll 
doing a vaginal examination from underneath and I'll, I'll check and see if I can feel any pelvic organ prolapse because standing is the main place where a woman will feel her symptoms. Yeah. She, she won't feel the heaviness in line. Yeah, yeah, you know, she'll feel it by the end of the day when she's standing or maybe she'll feel it after exercise. So I'll always check it. I'm not shy yeah. about getting down on the floor and uh, <laughs> checking <laughs> because it just makes it makes sense and then um if she i mean a prolapse uh, or I mean a pessary can even just be a temporary support just to allow that like i said it can take 2 to 3 years for connective tissue to heal so maybe she might just use it for those couple of postnatal years to support her organs while she needs to lift heavy babies while she wants to get back to exercise just to give her the most reassurance and support she can have and then after two to three years um it might be something that she might not need anymore yeah you know that's really reassuring that, that yeah it's not necessarily a long-term um thing um yeah just but i haven't we haven't got a huge amount of more time today we've talked about a lot of things really really helpful things um that we've covered um but just before we finish, I wanted to just expand a little bit, if that's okay, about what the mummy MOT is and how someone can get one if they want one. Yeah. Um, so the mummy MOT check um, is a postnatal check of your um, alignment, uh, how that is after the pregnancy, so how you're standing and holding yourself, in other words, um, how your breathing is, how your abdominal muscles feel. So what is the gap like? How does the connective tissue feel in the middle of your gap? How is your C-scar? We'll check that. And then there's the internal pelvic floor check, which I mentioned, where we'll, we'll screen mm. for pelvic organ prolapse yeah. and we will check the function of your pelvic floor muscles. So we'll be able to tell you if you are indeed doing it properly if you are relaxing-ish. Um, and then based on what we find during that check, we can give you the 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 right management and advice about getting back to exercise or you know what you need to focus yeah. on and that kind of thing. Um, so sometimes it can just be a one-off, you know, just to get you on the right track. Yeah. Yeah. And does it matter when a woman has it? Is there any particular time uh, after they've had no, a baby? No, I think... I think after six weeks, only because by then the the lochia will have settled down and the swelling will have settled down, and then we can kind of get in there and have a have a have a better check, get a better look. Yeah, yeah. but yeah. there's no time limit after that. You 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 know, like I said, you okay. once you've had a baby, right. you've always been through that experience. You can always get a get checked out. So you can yeah. find you can find um, a mummy MOT practitioner on there. The, their website the mummymot.com website or the squeezy app which we mentioned they have a register of of women's health physios too that will do a check for you or you can ask your gp to refer you to your local nhs women's health physio as well that's an option too they'll be able to do the check for you oh yeah if they're having especially if they're put having any symptoms like leaking bladder bowel issues any heaviness or any issues with their scars i think you know come and come and see come and see us as soon as you can for help with those symptoms don't don't just put put up with things because you know because you're kind of bottom of the pile when you have a baby aren't you so 
you know, if you are having symptoms that don't feel don't quite feel right, do get help because you have to look after yourself first to be able to look after everyone else, right? Absolutely. That's something that is part of the reason why I'm doing this podcast and something I'm really passionate about. So I'm really glad to hear you say that, Neve. Yeah, definitely. Great. Well, thank you so much. And I, I, I wanted to ask, if anyone wants to find out a little bit more about, about the work you particularly do, Neve, um, where can they find out that information? Uh, yeah, I have a, a website, maternityphysio.co.uk. Um, so I have a bit of a blog on there where I kind of go into yeah. these issues that we discussed today a little bit more. There's a bit more detail in there. Um, so that's where you'll find me. And you're on social media as well? Yeah, so yeah, Maternity Physio is my, my handle on, on, on Instagram and, 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 and Facebook as well. So Perfect. So we'll put those those links in, in the bio for the uh, podcast as well. But yeah, that's really useful to hear that. Okay, fab. Great. Thank you so much. Well, thank you so much. It's been, it's been great chatting to you today. Time um, flies. I've definitely learnt a lot, so I hope... <laughs> yeah, so I hope others have learnt as well and yeah just to please get help if if anyone thinks they need any thanks for listening to today's podcast in the next episode i'll be talking to rosie whitwell about a subject which many new parents struggle with at some point baby sleep